Hello and welcome to the psychology of learning foreign languages. My name is Gerhard Orband and today we are talking about I'm a visual learner, the limits of the individual approach in foreign language education. I hope you haven't missed out on the last episode, which, which was episode number 30, on how to choose a good language teacher. Certainly a very controversial episode, especially as I myself am both a language teacher, German, and a language learner as a polyglot and trying to master a variety of different languages. So um, the previous episode will be continued because it goes hand in hand with my blog posts and this was just a comment on the first part of the respective series. Uh, today's sponsor is me. It is the Go Method Facebook page where you can participate in discussion, um, ask about your favorite topics no? and in general co comment on our podcast episodes. It is facebook.com slash the Go Method, all in one word, the Go Method. Now, let's start with this uh, also very controversial topic. Um, I'll link to an article in the Atlantic in the science section which um, links to uh, various scientific studies done in this field. So I have encountered in every class I, I teach. So my uh, language courses, they are extremely based on audio. Why? Because uh, if you for example, if you're learning to dance, no, it's something kinesthetic. No? So if you're doing, um, if you sing or you play music, then it's something something acoustic. So if you're painting, no, it's something visual. So each activity has a main focus. So, so if you are a painter, it would be absurd to say, no, I won't uh, study colors and paints and so on, and um, geometrical construction and so on because I'm an auditive learner. Huh? Or uh, can we do this uh, tango lesson uh, on paper because I'm the visual guy? Uh, it's, it's completely absurd, completely absurd. So now with language is the same thing. We need to ask ourselves, why are you, what f are we learning the language for? So if we, are one of the very, very rare persons who plan to communicate only with text messages, uh, then, yes, I can concede to you this point. But the easiest thing is to do is to look how you use your native language at present. So in your private life and professional life. Uh, and most of you will come with the, with the following results and say that with my friends and family, of course, we send each other text messes, messages. But if we meet in person, we prefer to speak to one another and not to write uh, handwritten notes. Huh? Yes, if you are uh, deaf, like the late um, uh, German composer Beethoven, uh, who uh, communicated with friends and they, um, they, they wrote him they wrote him their answers or questions and uh, on the on a small piece on, on he had a small um, a notepad so which is very interesting for musicologists uh, because some of them were preserved and people 
uh, had that, thus recordings of his conversations. Now, if if you are uh, a normal, so norm normally healthy human being, you would prefer to speak acoustically. But now, when we are learning foreign languages, we typically don't uh, think about what we are learning for and so on. And then a lot of students start to protest. Now I'm in the visual type, please write this down and we want to do more exercises on paper and so on. Now there's a whole scientific or pseudo-scientific theory behind it. It's called learning styles. It is extremely popular both in the scientific literature as well as among uh, teachers. A recent survey found out, and all those uh, articles are linked to in the uh, via the Atlantic article, and that uh, around 90% of global teachers adhere to this theory and that so students have different uh, of different types, uh, for example, visual or uh, verbal, uh, and they learn better if you tailor. And the, your message according to the student. So it's extremely popular, but as the article shows, extremely wrong. Uh, and um, I won't um, go through the uh, individual articles, which you can do, but um, tell you just uh, the, the gist of this. No? And um, for example, we have here. Um, a psychologist or a researcher who did a, a meta study or who reviewed all those uh, learning styles uh, it's, um, and he said that um, ah here's it um, uh, Daniel Willingham, a psychologist at the University of Virginia. He says, there's evidence that people do try to treat tasks in accordance with what they believe to be their learning style, but it doesn't help them. And he concluded that learning styles theories haven't panned out. So there were uh, different studies quoted here. And um, some studies did the following that gave students a questionnaire. For example, there's a so-called VARC questionnaire uh, with 16 questions uh, by New Zealander Neil Fleming and it tests for visual auditory reading and kinesthetic. So, so participants would be given um, those uh, questionnaires and then the researcher would uh, look at the answers and, uh, and the coding of the questionnaire and see what student is on what category and then actually compare it to data how those students actually study and how they perform and the results are that yes not even all students who would qualify according to the questionnaire to be one type of learner re actually study in that way and on the other hand uh, they do not perform better than uh, students with other so-called learning styles. That, that means that somebody who auto-identifies as a visual learner, like he, by theory he should uh, memorize 
pictures better than words where there's somebody who qualifies as verbal who would you should memorize better words and pictures but in reality there's no such a correlation at all now what is the effect of this the effect of this in the classroom is of course that uh, teachers start all kinds of experiments and, and tailoring their message to all those purported types of intelligence and uh, and um, learning styles so the what, what could be strategies they use so uh, they make their lessons a hot hodgepodge so they um, try to make their lessons as diverse as possible so to offer something attractive to all of those uh, students um, for example uh, they sometimes they sing a song they look at pictures and they, so from my experience as an observer of language lessons the, those type of lessons yes they may be distractive at the beginning but then later on th there's a lack of a structure and there's a lack that they feel chaotic and um, even at the end most students say they don't like this gamification and these uh, this kind of uh, lessons so because at the end you see if you have results or not it's not about what you like or what you don't like it's what about what is productive and what is not productive now and another effect of this among the uh, teachers is that most teachers cave in to students demands now they say okay if you are the visual type and i write it down on the blackboard and yes i give you more visual yes let's do everything on paper and then students are happy and pay for the next course um, but this is a very dangerous strategy and um, for me as a teacher it's very unethical because the real test is not at the end of the of the class but the real test is how those students will pe perform in another country so i'm if i no, imagine it's a um, let's say a sports uh, a, a nutritionist uh, for, for sport nutritionist uh, caves into the needs of his uh, his uh, clients and says oh less you can consume as much sugar as you want chocolate and so eat what you ever no? and they may feel very positive during the training but then if they perform very badly in the competition then uh, people start becoming very angry the same thing with language courses a typical thing is that people students feel very confident during the la lecture the, during the lessons that all oh, our teacher is so great and we talk so much and blah 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 but in the end now when they are in that foreign country say they, they ca cannot understand a uh, simple conversation uh, and then uh, and that is a very very ugly situation it's the same like with parenting uh, if you're um, you protect your child from difficult situations. You're always the best, and you are. My and then the child goes out in the real world, and he cannot do anything. And then the the fall is much higher than if they had been prepared for that. So, um, and another result is that students themselves uh, they um, they will do uh, only the things at home which are c they are comfortable in. So now. Now it should come as no surprise to you that in language education most students are auto-identified as visual learners. So I've almost never come across a student among the hundreds of students I have had during the last uh, 10 years. Let's say um, I'm, the I'm the audio type, I'm the 
auditive type I, I don't need to write so written material so I've almost never encountered somebody like this so and the problem as I told you and people prefer audio and if you look in which direction uh, the technology goes you see it will go to audio no? so the podcast uh, market is exploding um, video is comparatively um, retre uh, um, retreating why because audio is the only format which you can do in parallel with other things no? so you cannot watch a movie and at the same time um, do something uh, repair a car or something uh, they are conflicting channels of um, cognitive channels but you can drive a car you can cook you can repair a car listening to an audiobook and the same in the social media no? you see facebook has already this uh, short, short audio messages and messenger so you can for one send short messages and now think the direction it will take in the job market too for example now we have all this voice recognition very many prob very probably uh, um, p emails will be dictated so or you just send uh, even uh, audio messages but even uh, the text messages will be dictated no, like uh, uh, with voice recognition so now imagine if we have uh, a job for in a call center or we have a job in customer service so, so then we have people who reply to emails from customers huh? and now we have uh, the one former student who uh, studied um, only acoustically and the other only on paper so now imagine that in that company the technology changes and it allows you to dictate those images so, so now we have the first students who do it, did it only acoustically now he can maybe dictate one email in two and a half minutes then the other guy uh, who um, now if it's their longer emails types you need five minutes so the other one will be uh, two times as productive as the first the other one huh? because you will we will never be able to type as quickly as possible as huh? as we speak huh? so uh, even if you uh, make a 10 fingered uh, typing course huh? you will never be able to type as quickly as somebody speaks huh? so for example if there's a, a sports event and you you are trying to type down what the uh, sports commentator is uh, speaking I, th I think nobody ever will be able to possibly type in real time and so it's always a little bit sl slower now think also about other developments so, so if you most people are starting to use mobile devices so, so the typing process is even much slower on a mobile device than on a computer huh? so having this uh, having said this huh? Um, what what is the conclusion? Huh? The, uh, do you want uh, to stick to what you learned at school? Because this is basically the problem. It's our comfort zone. Uh, we have been 10 years, 12 years at school. And uh, school is basically on paper. It's easier for the teacher. Uh, if I have 30, 40, 50 students at the university, of course it's a headache. I started to do this. Uh, at the beginning now what's it doing uh, in-depth um, verbal exams so that every student gets a chance and so on this is what, what is it was a complete headache especially when students were unprepared so and then 
do you have to test 50 students in an interview? It's crazy. Or even have them record something and you, you have to listen to everything. So having multiple choice tests, having tests and pay on paper with the evaluation grid is, is, is of course m much more manageable. So it's no surprise that uh, school teaching is based on doing things on paper. No? So and what happens? Students become accustomed to this. No? They, the whole student life, the whole uh, school life, they got praised for doing things on paper. They are focused on that. So no? all basic exams are on paper. No? And or even the, the, the reading or the studying is visually. so. And then people expe expect that real life is like school. And that's the big disillusionment of uh, a lot of excellent students who, who feel surpassed in real life. People becoming millionaires, becoming successful, that were very bad at school or even dropped out. And uh, you as the, the best school, uh, the best uh, uh, student in the class, you remain at a very mediocre position in life because you are still behaving according to uh, your expectations of being praised by a teacher. So you are still doing the th same strategies and tactics that um, were good at school. And one of them is focusing on the visual. Uh, when Even if you think about uh, uh, technical professions, um, I reread re this book, the how to influence people and make friends, or I, I, I forget always the title, by Dale Carnegie, where he cites a study among uh, technicians or engineers that um, supposedly 90% of job success depend on how they get along with other people. Now, getting along with other people, how is it done? Is it done in text messaging or is it speaking, uh, talking to people and during a coffee break and so on? So I hope this has provoked you. I um, post the article to the Atlantic um, in the um, show notes. Have a nice day and bye-bye.